Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and hit the subscribe button, like, and comment. Let us know what you think of the episode. If you'd like to make a suggestion for either a guest or topic you want covered, YouTube's a great way to be able to let us know. We're always checking comments on there. Love hearing the feedback that you guys give us and really helps shape you know our podcast and, and the things that we cover and the guests that we have on. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Ethan from WP Developments. They're a new sponsor to the podcast. We appreciate their support. They're working on some really cool things in the transmission industry for your diesel trucks. I'm going to sit down, chat with them, learn a bit more about their company, the things that they're working on, and some of the solutions that they're going to offer for problems that you guys have out there with your 68 RFEs, your 47, your 48 RES, and just get a, I think, a, a better understanding of what we can do to potentially avoid, you know, a major transmission failure, being stuck somewhere, needing, you know, a, a, a tow, you know, somewhere and just the whole headache that comes with it so it's going to be a great chat before we get to it I want to remind you guys our friends over at kershaw knives have a 20 percent off site-wide code for you let use diesel20 at kershaw.kiausa.com they got a bunch of choices for really any budget so if you need something for edc you're hunting fishing something to throw in a toolbox have around the house they've definitely got you covered all right let's get to today's episode with ethan from wp developments and talking transmissions ethan welcome back to the diesel podcast i'm excited to We'll catch up with you from a few years back. We did an episode, but then also chat with you about WP developments and transmissions and some really cool things I've seen you guys are working on. And I know our audience is definitely going to be excited to hear about some solutions and options you have for 68 RFE. So welcome back to the Deuce Podcast. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. It's been a, a pleasure to be able to talk on your show. I know a lot of people that listen to it and, you know, talk about it a lot and it's really an accomplishment of mine that I really wanted to be on here again. So. <laughs> well, I know that, uh, you know, from when we chatted last, I know it was about your race truck and about transmissions and that always kind of stuck with me. And then, you know, I've seen, um, you know, recently some things you guys have been posting and products and stuff like that. And I know a lot of listeners, you know, have six, seven Cummins with 68 RFEs and it's always sort of been a, I don't want to call it a problem transmission, but it seems like, yeah, people, when they have issues, they didn't really know where to turn or what options were. So I wanted to kind of start at the beginning and have you tell us a bit about WP Developments, what you guys are working on, what your guys' goal is to be able to offer diesel truck owners. So WP Developments is kind of a new name to the industry. We've been known recently as Wilson Patterson Diesel or WP Diesel. Um, you know, we've kind of restructured our business and, and realized that, uh, I enjoyed the R&D and development of fixing common issues over um, actually just building units personally. So we kind of restructured and brought in some builders and added on to the crew and it kind of got me to get away and I, I was able to study um, the failures that come across in cores or people calling and I, I'll write it down and you know what's all in common, what's the most common issue here. Um, you know, so we can say, hey, this is an electrical issue. Hey, this is this is something mechanical. And uh, so it's really opened up me as my availability to study just 
one unit or a certain type of unit. So it's been really awesome. And that's been within the last, you know, six months, we've really been able to get me away from um, doing a lot of the everyday stuff where I can just kind of concentrate on new products and seeing what the failures are. I think that's really, that's really important because, you know, in the transmission market, you think anybody could call, they could have an E4OD, a 47RE, a G56, a Allison, a 68RFE. There's so many different ones. And I imagine that pulls you in so many different directions. And, you know, with 68RFEs, it seems like the problems can be varied. They can be different between different year ranges. And so I imagine just being able to focus in on those helps Mm -hmm. a lot. Yep. Yep. And we also, I mean, we still do a lot of the different transmissions, um, but like our inventory wise and what I study a lot on is just mainly Dodge. So we try to keep in that 4748 that I've been at for a long time. And then uh, we opened up our minds, um, you know, probably four or five years ago on the 68. Um, we were always the 48 swap the world type thing. (laughs) And, uh, there's a couple companies that released some things that we knew it needed. Um, and I wouldn't touch them until that was released. And and then we started digging in pretty deep. And I think every builder in the 68 has ate their lunch on, on some units. I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes on in there. Um, you know, I try to explain to our customers, Hey, um, the TCM side tuning is like what we would do in the 4748 RE, we could mechanically adjust your line pressure and how hard your shift is and when the torque converter clutch, you know, how fast it can apply. Now, all of a sudden, us as trans builders don't have that capability because it's all electronically controlled. So, you know, your, your tuner is just as important as your trans builder nowadays. So, that's been the very hard part of uh, overcoming per se of you know uh, we have a really solid unit you know hopefully the tcm side can control what we want it to and be able to keep this thing on the road what are some what are some common issues that people are going to find with the 68 RFEs? You know, say somebody hasn't owned one for a really long time. Maybe they just picked up a truck or they just bought a brand new one. What are some things that they might face for failures? Not necessarily like in a racing application or high horsepower, but just with towing, you know, maybe some mild power upgrades and, you know, kind of things like that. So I, I would say the top of the list is your, um, your overdrive clutch. Um, there's a couple things that go into that. One is, uh, if you, so an overdrive clutch was designed from the factory to reach their mile per gallon, uh, goal per se. It was, there was never an overdrive clutch that was designed to tow 30,000 pounds up a mountainside. It just, it's not meant to, um, now do people do it? Yes, they do. Does it work sometimes? Absolutely. For a while. Um, the biggest thing, you know, we try to tell the guys that are towing heavy is don't be afraid of RPM. You know, we have, we have stock cranks and, you know, and the drag racing application that I've seen is over 6,000 RPM. That, that motor is not going to care if it sits at 2,500 RPM and it's all fat, dumb, and happy rather than dragging it down to where it makes the most torque and blowing through the clutches. Um, the second in line, I would say is torque converter. The reason is the um the factory wanted that smooth shift feel 
So what they did was they designed a uh, partial lockup. So it's it's the it's the in between point of when your clutch is locked and when it's not locked. So they kind of slip that thing in there. Every time a transmission slips, obviously it generates heat. Heat builds pressure. Pressure, you know, it, it gets it goes down this long line of you know, warping valves, uh, getting extra material in the fluid, and that gets encased in the fluid itself and starts wearing valve bores out. Um, That's why you see a lot on the switch valve being very important. Um, A lot of the the valves and the pump assembly are very important because they will start getting wore out. And we have a station called a vac station that will go in there and we put a vacuum on it. And if it doesn't reach a certain amount of vacuum, we know that valve needs to be bored out, oversized, and repaired. So there's a lot of tools that were designed and developed, um, you know, that weren't common in our shop that we had to get in order to to keep up with the the demand for sure. Um, But uh, the third one in line, I would say, is your low reverse sprag. So from the factory, and this is something we have worked on within the last two weeks um, after we started looking over some data of some guys that were uh, pushing the limits of the 68 in a full weight truck, um, we decided that there's something else going on in there. That sprag from factory is really strong. It's a really beefy piece. And we're seeing people put the roller style sprag in there as an upgrade. Now, we can go down a whole long list of reasons why I don't like the roller sprag. Uh, it starts with Turbo 400 and drag racing applications. We fight it a lot. Um, there's a lot of engineering that goes into that as to why they fail. But the factory sprag and the 68 is strong, very strong. The reason that we see them flip is because the low reverse clutch that's on in first gear is released at 150 RPM of output shaft speed. So imagine eight miles an hour, you have a sprag holding with a clutch and all of a sudden that clutch releases, all that shock load goes to this sprag. So it's like taking a hammer to your wrench on a stuck bolt, it impacts it. When it impacts, it will actually flip that sprag over backwards when it goes to release it. So we have, looked at data of the Sprague fixed tuning. Um, and, and, and indeed it does command that solenoid to stay on. That would be to help the Sprague from shock load. Um, but mechanically, hydraulically, it is impossible for that to happen. So we've been designing and developing a new system in there that can go in these stock trucks and heavy towing trucks and stuff in the valve body itself to hydraulically keep that valve on regardless of what happens when that valve switches. So, and it's, it's a very crucial item for, you know, anybody that's towing heavy, you know, if they're stuck in the mud with a trailer on, um, we see that a lot on the construction guys, the, the, the agricultural people, um, you know, they'll gas it trying to get out of a hole and it'll instantly like it goes from first and it can't release fast enough and go to second and it'll flip it. So there's, there's some things in there that, um, you know, the electronics play a huge role in this transmission. And I think that's what all of us builders have to overcome on top of the hard parts. When I, th- when I think of 68 RFEs, we get questions or um, 
you know, sometimes I'll see discussions on YouTube or Discord and somebody will have one and they'll say, hey, my, my truck's doing this, my transmission, you know, is having this symptom, what could it be? It seems so difficult, and I'm not an expert on these, I don't build them, it, because I think, man, it could be one or two or three or four different things that are causing this. Where do you look? So let's start with the overdrive clutch, because I think um, people are going to be really curious about it, is when they say have it completely failed, but it's going to happen, what are some symptoms that, that are going to pop up? Like, is the computer so dialed in that you're going to get a transmission code and you know something else that's going to show up on a scan tool um are they going to notice maybe you know jerking in fifth or sixth gear kind of uh just you know something in the truck where they know it's not right or and what would i notice driving it if if the overdrive clutches have slipped and maybe i'm going to need a rebuild here pretty soon so um the typical person maybe they have an edge monitor or something in there you know and they're able to pull a code uh, the typical code you would see is um fifth gear fifth and sixth gear incorrect ratio that's your most typical if we see that where we pretty much tell the customer hey look um, the overdrive clutch has failed um it's definitely time to yank the unit and put a new one in uh, there's not there's not really anything else that can go wrong on fifth and sixth to get that code. So um, other things like leading up to it, I would say is uh, either a harsh engagement on you know that uh, three four or four five shift. Um, if you have maybe um, what we would call a flare, which is like a neutral between gears, where it's taking a little longer to get that clutch to engage on. Um, if you had a friend with a scanner, they can actually go in and look at what they call a CVI data. So it's a clutch volume index. And the trans is so smart that it knows how much time it takes and how much fluid it takes to engage that clutch. So we have a scale that goes um, inches of clearance to volume, right? So we, you could tell us a CVI data in your overdrive clutch, and we could tell you, hey, that is out of the limits. Like that clutch is toasted, or hey, we're coming up to a point where we really need to get some extra pressure. A valve body upgrade would be great for this thing. We're starting to see some wear in the overdrive clutch. Let's get that thing to clamp harder and get into gear faster so we can make that thing lift a little longer. Um, so that would be our, our diagnostic on that is, you know, hey, if, if we didn't have a snap on, you know, just kind of the seat of the pants. The overdrive clutch comes on in fourth gear. Um, that's your one-to-one -one gear. Um, so it's on in fourth gear and it's on in fifth and sixth. So those, if you have a feeling of something in those three gears, it's probably going to be something similar to that overdrive clutch failing. I think a lot of uh, six, seven owners with 60 RFEs, they want to be proactive, you know, because it's like, if you want to buy a built transmission, like you want to do it when you're ready because you're planning a bunch of stuff versus yeah. when it's unexpected. So What's the best way, and let's assume that this transmission is in perfect working order and somebody just wants to avoid an overdrive clutch failure. What can they do now to be able to, you know, I know it's never going to be a hundred percent, but just do all they can now to maybe avoid that issue. So um, what we highly recommend on the 68 for a, it's not a 
technically cheap upgrade, but it is cheaper than building one, um, is um, one of our valve bodies. Um, there's a lot of great companies out there that build really good valve bodies. Um, but if as long as they have like a billet channel plate, um, redo the uh, switch valve, the SSV in there, that would uh, give us a new valve bore that would pertain to some of the overdrive failures. Um, we also do um, the accumulators, the billet accumulators from Sonics. Uh, they have some guide rings in there. So these accumulators stroke when you apply a clutch. So they're in there beating up this bore and they made them out of poly even, but we see those bores start to wear. So what Sonics did was they made guide rings that go on these accumulators on the front and back and they move the ceiling surface to the middle. So we really, we won't really go out of our way of using anybody else's accumulators than the Sonic stuff, just because of the way they designed it was to keep that accumulator in there to keep that bore always perfectly round and sealed up. Um, you know, the billet channel plates are awesome. If you plan to have a higher pressure, um, which is what would keep the clutches alive longer, um, definitely uh, the billet channel plate is an awesome uh, must-have update to the valve body. Um, if you want to achieve higher pressure than the factory 160, 170, you have to have um, a, you have to modify that channel plate. So all of ours come, you know, when we ship them out, they all pretty much come with, uh, it's ready to be tuned to 225 PSI. So that's the big benefit of the valve body to achieve the, the full potential of it is we need to add pressure. So unfortunately we can't do that hydraulically without pulling the pump. Um, so we have to do that in tuning. Um, the other thing with uh, the 2011 and up had a recall on their gray solenoids. So every one of our valve bodies that leave, we actually make them to the older style with the, it has a really good white connector solenoid from the factory. Um, and we do a seven check ball. We do that for ourselves because we know that valve body will fit anywhere from 07 and a half to 2018. So the 19 and up stuff is a different setup. Um, and it, it still needs the same updates. Actually, we've been seeing a lot more fifth gen stuff, the, the 19 and up trucks than we have been um, the older. So. I don't know if it's just the uh, fact that these newer trucks are making a lot more torque down low faster from the factory and stuff like that, but we are seeing a big rush incline of, of the fifth gen stuff. I just thought of a question that uh, I'm sure uh, a listener is thinking of right now. They're thinking, all right, my transmission's in good shape. I'm going to do this valve body. I'm going to get with my tuner so that we can get more line pressure. How does that have any negative impact with stock internals like this? I'd say even with the stock converter to be able to run it that high, or what would you tell somebody that's like, okay, I'm going to call my tuner, get this valve body, put it in and run some higher pressures. So as long as they don't get real aggressive with um, per se, like the uh, lockup strategy. So say they take out the lockup, um, the partial lockup and, and they tame that down and they make it a real crisp shift absolutely probably will end up with a broken input. Um, the, the gain that we're going to see is clamping the clutch when it's in gear. Now that's going to, that's going to put a lifespan on that trance. I've, I've seen them come in here with 400,000 miles from the factory. The common denominator was they had a 30,000 mile regular service interval 
with two new filters every time and it kept those valve bores clean. It, it got all the trash out of the fluid and it worked great. Um, their failure was the clutch, the converter clutch started to delaminate from being in and out, in and out, you know, so many times. I mean, 400,000 miles, that's a, that's a pretty good unit. Yeah. Um, so it's possible to get a really long lifespan out of these things as long as you can take care of them as most anything, you know. Um, there's not a whole lot of people out there that probably, <laughs> including myself, would service their trans every 30,000. <laughs> but it's an investment. I mean, and that is something that probably I would highly recommend to do. It's one of those things too, where, uh, you know, especially if you pick up a used vehicle, <clears throat> you may not know exactly when things were serviced or how they were taken care of, but it's such a crucial part, not even to just transmissions, but the engine itself and a, a bunch of other things on the, you know, on the, the truck, um, with the converter, as you mentioned that, as far as being a failure or a common failure on them, you know, is that something that when it goes, it's just immediately the truck isn't going to move or maybe, you know, what, what would be a symptom when you know your converter's done and you're going to have to get a new one and probably refresh the transmission? So I don't think I said, but this transmission is super smart. And most of the time the failure is because it's too smart, right? <laughs> so, so this thing will have a, what they call an input shaft speed sensor and an output shaft speed sensor. It knows when it commands lock. Okay. So it, it knows what kind of time frame that usually takes to have lock up, start bringing down the output shaft speed. So there's a differential right there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, they have a certain percentage that you can, you know, have a slip factor until it hits that lock up for X amount of time. So that being said, if you felt um, some type of shutter, like your truck almost feels like maybe a slight miss, that's probably torque converter shutter. That's it. That's it kind of slipping and grabbing on that lockup clutch. On top of that, if it gets bad enough and that time span runs out to that, it knows that it should be at one-to-one -one input versus output shaft speed with 0% slip, it will actually kick a code and tell you that it is slipping. So it is, like I said, it is very smart. Sometimes the electronics, you know, will throw you down a, a beaten path and you gotta, you gotta go back to your roots and, and listen to the mechanical side of things. Cause it's electronics, you know, sometimes they, they just freak out for no reason. Um, you know, bad grounds on the battery. Um, somebody forgot to hook up a grounding strap or something, or they just dirty on the block or whatever, you know, can throw you down some, some, crazy paths and you'll never get to the end of it but um yeah so if you have a converter clutch that's going away you're probably going to start feeling the shutter first and the shutter is like a little pulse when you're in a you know higher gear say fourth fifth and sixth and you'll kind of feel it kind of just pulsing you back and forth just a slight bit and that's that's it that's the uh that's the converter clutch actually slipping and grabbing I think one of the things that I think about, you know, in in the the questions you've answered and, and the way you've talked about 68 RPs is I think of extreme precision, a lot of control, and if something's not right, it's just going to kind of have a snowball effect with either dirtying the fluid, something with the valve body, you know, how long is that overdrive clutch going to be able to handle it, is the low sprag going to have an issue, that 
it can quickly go from, you know, maybe slip or heat to you need a whole new unit. And I wanted to ask about that because I know there's going to be people out there that are either there right now or it's going to happen pretty soon where, you know, no valve body, no new converter is going to be able to fix what happened inside of it. What kind of options do you guys have for like a crate transmission, you know, either whether they're based around power or use and what are some upgrades that you guys do to them? So um, we have, we always have some type of crazy name um, <laughs> just because it's fun. Um, so we start out with what we call our super stock. Um, our super stock is basically your um, HD stock rebuild. So it would come with a, you know, billet um, front cover, dual disc converter, um, stock input as it reads on, on the website. There is a drop down for um, upgrading that converter and up to a Sonex billet input shaft on those, um, which would be for somebody, you know, that probably has like a 70 or 100 horsepower tune and, you know, leaves it on that, you know, so they don't have the availability to go up to their kill mode and go out and do burnouts. Um, you really have to have a stout transmission to be able to handle stuff like that. So our run of the mill, like stock-ish build with some billet upgrades uh, would be our super stock. Um, so in that unit, I'll, I'll, they all get brand new bearings throughout the entire thing. Um, we add uh, 14 uh, overdrive clutches in there. Pretty much we stick pretty much to the stock clutch. The stock clutch was designed for that uh, clutch on clutch action where, you know, when one clutch is coming off, another one's coming on and it's got to be timed just perfect. So they do have a slight bind up. So you don't want something that's going to grab real hard, like a GPZ clutch. Um, and you don't want something that just slides in either. You got to, you got to start, you know, so you don't have a flare in between. So they, they really did their homework on this clutch material and we haven't really found one. Alto is about the next best thing we found um, on some of those, but then we jump up to, we got, we skip from, you know, like a 550 horsepower rated at max to an eight horsepower rated and i don't have anything in between because i don't feel comfortable doing that um and and horsepower rating doesn't always necessarily mean hey this thing's on 44 inch mud boggers and i got 800 horse this thing will hold it well there's a lot of determining factors that give that horsepower rating and what you need yeah. um i would say um Every single customer that orders a trans from us, I personally talk to and I'm like, hey, look, you know, do you have like 38 inch tire tires on this thing? Um, you know, what kind of power adders are that are does this truck have? Is it bigger turbo? Is it does it have injectors? You know, and I get personable with every single customer that comes through and obviously shops as well. Um, so we kind of spec out the trans per per customer build. And, and kind of get the feel of what they want to do with it. You know, if, if um, they have bigger tires and they say they got like an S 400 on stock fuel, we can probably, we can probably get that in our 800 build. Um, you know, it's detrimental to these things to do burnouts. Um, I try to tell everybody, if you must do a burnout, man, just tap shift it because if you try, if it doesn't have what they call skip shifting. So if you're in a Ford and you don't have a trailer on in these 10 speeds and you mat it to the floor, you can actually watch on your dash. It will skip gears. Well, 68 RFE doesn't, doesn't do that. So when you're at a burnout and you start to rotate those tires 
and instantly get tire speed and it sees 60 mile an hour, it's trying to hit one through six that fast. And it is physically impossible to take a clutch on and bring it off that fast. And it just, it's a complete trans brake bind up and you don't even know it. And it just, it tears them up. There's nothing you can do. So if you must do a burnout, we said, (laughs) use your tap shifter, because if not, you will be back very soon. Um, And it's nothing, like I said, that's nothing on the builder. It's just the fact that the ECM can't control that. And it's trying to, but it's just like, the the hertz sample rate of the ECM getting that to the ECM and back to the trans, it is physically impossible for that thing to go and the the delay of the solenoids opening and closing, it's just it is impossible. So um back on the subject a little bit here. Um so then we go up to like an 850 HD. So like some of our customers say, you know, our typical customer says, Hey man, I got a 42 foot uh, toy hauler. I haul my side-by-sides with, but my truck has twin turbos, 200% overs, you know, and it's like, holy cow, you're driving up a mountainside with this. Oh yeah. (laughs) So we do have what we call, like, we have our regular 800. Then we have an 800 HD, which gets like a, a, we have our 800 contains 16 clutch frictions in the overdrive. And then we go to the HD version and we have, a billet overdrive drive hub, and then we add um, billet center support. Um, we go up to the 850, and that's a whole different internal and out outer drum assembly um, with 18 clutches. Um, then we go, you know, it obviously has like the billet center support and the billet drive hubs and the billet input shafts. Uh, so it's, it starts to get real kind of crazy in there. Um, Our extreme duty uh, is getting ready to take off even better. Um, Can't really, I wish I could, but we can't really talk about the complete details of that, but it will be, uh, it will be premiered in our 2,500 horsepower drag truck for 2023 race season. We will be having a 68 RFE in that truck. So that's going to be cool to see. Cause it, you know, when I, this has come up a lot is somebody will say, um, all right, I, I don't have 850 now. I've got 550 or 500. Should I buy the 850 one? Cause one day I do want to do these upgrades to it or they're right around that eight, eight fifty and go, well, I might do something in the future. I might, you know, up the injector size and the turbo size and everything else. So is there a downside to say, you know, buying a stage ahead of where you're at and growing into it or, or, you know, is it, cause when I think of 48 REs, you know, and once you upgrade the clutches and the bands, you're pretty much just doing shafts and things yeah. like that. And it's, it's not affecting the drivability of it, but mm-hmm. how does that work on a 68? So the 68 being so smart, we could put the most clutches you could possibly stack in each clutch pack that would grab right now. And you could tune, um, you could tune accordingly. So say you are pulling your 42 foot uh, toy hauler um, and you don't want that aggressive, real hard shift because your kid's in the back trying to watch TV and it's shaking their screen and they're crying. Um, So we all know that's not a good thing. So the tunability of these transmissions are, are awesome. So I would say, you know, if you do have futuristic plans, we can always get that transmission, even with the extra clutches and stuff, not to feel harsh. Um, 
The hard part with that is when you do go to play, we want that quick engagement and we want that feeling. So it's possible that you need two files. You know, if you're going to go out and you have this humongous drum that holds 18 or 20 overdrive clutches, it's going to, it's going to feel a little bit tight. Um, and usually a trailer intensifies that effect because it'll, it'll kind of jolt the trailer and, kinda, you know, it'll make you, but, um, you know, the tunability of them is out there. Um, I think that's its best friend. If you do get something that's overrated is not a bad thing. Um, just know that, you know, when it does shift, it's probably going to have a positive engagement and that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as it's built to withstand it. You know, it's kind of like the 4748. If you had a harsh engagement and you had a off-brand X uh, 23 spline input, it's possible when you put the power to it, that is going to snap the input. Um, you know, sure, we could soften lock up to come in a little slower and kind of make that cushion for it to come in instead of having a kind of a positive engagement and that would keep the shock load off the shafts. It's the same, it's the same theory. So necessarily you don't want to underbuild it and it's not going to hurt to overbuild it because we have the adjustability in the tuning. With the, the tuning itself, so, you know, what, um, are there specific guidelines that you guys would have? So say somebody calls in and says, hey, I, I, I need this 550 kind of horse unit or 850. What do you guys want to see or do you guys want to talk with the tuner or, you know, what would somebody want to make sure they do with the tuning before they, you know, run one of your transmissions and start driving towing with it? So definitely we, uh, we try to talk to the tuner. Um, you know, nine times out of 10, it's somebody we've known, um, you know, been in the industry a long time. Um, so we have a real good feeling of what or who to talk to. Um, you know, we want shifts no less than 2000 RPM. Uh, when they start stacking shifts like that and lugging out the trans, it's not good. So we try to get every shift, you know, above that 2000 RPM. Um, we try to take partial lockup down to a minimum, but not being harsh. So we try to, we try to tighten that up a little bit. So it is a little bit more of a feeling, uh, you, you do feel that it is a built unit. Um, but it's not by any means going to break your grandma's neck when she gets in, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's still a smooth transmission. It's just a crisper shift. Um, as of like, uh, the line pressure, it's pretty much, um, it's based off of load or TPS based. Uh, we want like that 225 line max. And then that's based off of, you know, hey, is lockup on? Um, where's your throttle percentage at? And we kind of want to scale that, you know, at that 40, 50% throttle ramp range. We definitely want to start seeing the 200s, 225 pressure. That way we know it's all locked in and ready to go. I think it's really good that you guys would chat with the tuner because I've you know, read, you know, long Facebook posts and things and forums, wherever it might be where that doesn't happen. And, you know, somebody might not know all the details that go in it and they buy this transmission, they install it and something happens. And, you know, the tuner didn't either do what they were supposed to do or didn't know, or there was some miscommunication or something like that. But these, you know, these transmissions and trucks are so integrated with that electronic side. I think it's really cool. You guys would step up and say, Hey, well, 
you know, we'll, we'll chat with them. We'll let them know exactly what we want to see and the way to make it live. Cause it's so different than the older ones where it was like, you could control pretty much everything in the valve body and with the build yep. and your clearances and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's pretty much the only way you can do it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, um, nobody ever wants fingers pointed, you know, he, he did this, who did that, you know? So we try to stay as involved as possible, um, and make sure it is as good as we can get it from the other side on the table, you know, <laughs> without touching keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you kind of answered it or alluded to it a little bit with that extreme unit. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, with our first podcast and what I've seen you do in the industry, it's been with four speeds and making big power and going fast. And one of the kind of prevailing things that's always been out there is, well, 68 RFE suck, um, you know, four speed swap it, do these other swaps and stuff. What is your honest opinion about them and especially their future and what you can do with them? Do you think it's turned a corner now where it's, you know, a viable platform for a bunch of different power levels and uses and, you know, I, I kind of think I know the answer based on what you got planned for next year, but I had to ask you. I mean, if you study anything hard enough, you can make it prevail, right? So, you know, when I started in the 4748 world, I mean, a thousand horsepower was insane. And we took that thing to, I want to say it was 25 or 2600 wheel. I mean, and, and to this day, I still, I still run one in my drag truck. Um, and we beat the crap out of it. Um, you know, I seen that future for the 68 when I started studying it. Um, a lot of things, like I said, you know, is just like that, that computer can't keep up with the rate of climb, right? So there's a, there's a huge future for the 68. It's a, the good thing about Dodge is they always keep a huge year span of the same style of transmission. So that you know, opens up our market to a big long year span and we can really concentrate on that unit without somebody coming out with a new unit three years later. And then, you know, that's only a three year span that we get yeah. to really target. We got something that's from 07 and a half to current. So, you know, that being said, you know, what we do for say, you know, the older fourth gens, it does translate into some of the fifth gen stuff, even though there's a little bit of different circuitry um, we can cross pollinate both of those, you know, differences into one and another. Um, the 68, I, I feel we have a design that will, that will, uh, will probably, I don't, I wouldn't say like stop 48 swaps, but it will be, it will be awesome. Um, the 48 swap right now, like what I try to tell people is the 48 swap is, is a great option for somebody that has, you know, a thousand to 1200 horsepower and all it is, is a toy to them. They want to go out and beat the crap out of it and do burnouts and, and they want to shift gears with their hand and, or, you know, do a little tuning and go dirt dragon or whatever. Um, you know, the 68 just isn't quite there yet. Um, can it be? Absolutely. Um, we just had to get around some of the hurdles of what causes it to fail. And um, it, it will be there. The uh, 48 swap is, is kind of your common thing because it's always talked about. Um, you know, I, I still get people to this day, you know, that are six years old that said 
those 48s were the biggest pieces of crap they've ever seen too. You know, it was just kind of like where the generation lied. Um, You know, they, they were stuck on the side of the road with their camper on the back, you know, back in 1995 with a 47 RE and they never won another one of those, you know? So, I mean, they all have that name um, as long as it's in the Ram (laughs) thing, (laughs) but uh no, I, I honestly believe that that 68 RFE is, it, it will, it is coming. And um, it took a long time for me to, to have faith in it. Um, you know, so we're in it for four or five years now. And um, I see the light for sure. I didn't think it would ever get there myself, but I had to open up my mind to what's possible. And uh, yeah, I think definitely um, the whole you know, toy, if you want to go dirt drag and stuff like that, the 68 will will have a platform for that. I promise it will be awesome. I think that's, what's really cool because I feel that's what people always wanted. They, you know, they're 10 years ago, even longer, there was that option to do a four speed swap. And I think a lot of people would say, maybe I don't want to go down that route. I just want something that'll hold my five to 600 horsepower. I can tow with, I don't have to worry about. And for years it was like, I don't know if this, you know, 68 will even do it. So you go down the four speed swap and then what if you get tired of the truck and what if you want to go get a new one and you want to, you want to trade it and you're probably, you know, they'll be like, why does this have a four speed? Um, yeah. <laughs> so you have to find a specific buyer for it. And yeah. so that's the part that gets me excited is there's this option or you can keep your factory transmission in there, have these upgrades that are possible to meet these mm-hmm. different goals that you might have. So, I mean, I think this might be the longest evolution. Well, I don't know about longest, but it seems like it's taken forever for 60 RFEs to get to this level versus, you know, I'm not sure how early in the nineties guys started building 47 RHs and REs and got them to hold power, but I don't think it took 10 years or so to do it. <laughs> right. Well, they, they kind of had that, uh, the 727 904, you know, that was in like the Dodge chargers and stuff like that to this day. I mean, we still use some of those parts. So they had, they had in the 70, you know, sixties and seventies, they were, they were developing on that torque flight, which basically was the same and evolved into an overdrive unit. Yeah. So they did have some help and they had a lot of years prior to as to where like the 68, didn't have like a sister that started early and came into it. It pretty much all the 45, uh, 545, 66, 68 RFE stuff. They all pretty much, pretty much came at the same time. You had like a, maybe a two or three year span prior with a smaller, like um, 45 RFE stuff, but nobody was trying to make power out of them. You know, they weren't no. like, they didn't have them in a Dodge Charger. <laughs> well, if somebody's got questions for you guys, and I know they will because there's so many specific parts or, or goals that somebody has with their truck and their transmission. And you'd mentioned wanting to talk to everyone, wanting to build that, you know, one-on-one relationship with the customer, know what they're doing. What's the best way to contact you guys? Is it to call in, email, um, you know, social media, what, you know, what would you say is the best way for somebody to get in contact with you today and ask some questions and learn more about what they can do either to save their stock transmission or they're in that boat where they need one and, you know, want to know their options. Absolutely. Um, you know, nowadays I think texting is really good. Um, my phone number, uh, is always open for a text, um, you know, during business hours, obviously. And, uh, we also have, um, the email is really responsive. Um, so our sales at WP dash developments, 
Um, my phone, my phone number for text or call uh, is 765-586-0871. And then obviously, you know, I'm on social media quite a bit trying to help out on uh, a lot of forms, you know, our personal form, the other 68 forms and trying to diag and help people get back on the road. Um, so if I'm sure you see me on there, if you're on social media, uh, anytime reach out. Um, I try to, I try to keep up to date, but I also have four kids. So <laughs> it is a little hard, uh, to get back and forth, but, uh, you might get a message at 4am when I wake up and we start designing different things too. So <laughs> don't be afraid of that. <laughs> well, I, like I said, in the you know, beginning of our, our chat, what really, really caught my attention was knowing a bit about you and racing and what you've done in the industry. And it's like, all of a sudden, I saw this different approach to a transmission platform that, you know, I always thought of four speeds with you and what you were doing and the power you were making. I thought I need to stop and pay attention and start asking some questions and seeing what these guys are working on because it's really cool. And it's really, um, I think it helps the, the whole industry in general, but specifically like six, seven Cummins owners is, what you guys are, are doing with them so that's what jumped out to me was hey ethan's in the 68 rfe stuff and you know they're going hard and coming up with new stuff and you know the the machines and the shop and everything else that's going on it's really cool i know people are going to appreciate it and you know i appreciate your time today chatting with me and just answering some of these questions i know listeners are going to have about either saving their transmission or they you know are going to need a built one things they should do with tuning and even maintenance like you mentioned just making sure the fluids kept right. clean and you know, you got the best chance to, to make it uh, hold up. So it was fantastic to chat with you, Ethan. I know we'll, we'll do it again and I won't forget about the four speed guys. So maybe <laughs> in the future we can chat about 47s and 48s and some other yeah. stuff you guys are working on. <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. I can talk transmissions all day. <laughs> well, I got questions that'll go all day, so we might have to do that sometime. <laughs> and we really appreciate you guys reaching out and having us on here again. It's uh, it's very awesome. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. If you're in the market for a knife, use code diesel20, get 20% off site-wide. Great way to save some money if you're looking for you know, something for EDC or the outdoors or, you know, putting your glove box around the house. Um, if you're an enthusiast and, you know, really into different kind of blade material and handle materials and different opening mechanisms, they've got you covered there. Or if you just need something you know, that's uh, more entry level, something that uh, you, know, you toss around, you don't want to worry about it getting beat up. They've definitely got some choices for you. want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, Caleb, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube, podcast apps, are following us on Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate your support. We love hearing from you guys. Those of you on Discord, love seeing the trucks you guys are working on. It's a really great group over there. So if you're not on our Discord, just uh, follow the link um, in the description or we got the code up on the screen we're almost at 700 people there and uh it's a great way to engage with us other diesel podcast listeners talk about your trucks um you know talk about tons of different things it's a really cool place to hang out so definitely head on over there and join if you haven't already until next time keep the shiny side up